Welcome to One Man's Opinion, brought to you by the Elite Fantasy, Fantasy Guru, and EliteSportsBetting.com. And now, here's your host, Jeff Manns. All right, welcome in, everybody. Another episode of the podcast that is Sweeping the Nation, Season 2, Episode 2, Episode 57 overall, if you're counting at home. That's right, indeed. It's One Man's Opinion right here for you appreciate you guys downloading subscribing liking commenting all the things you do on this podcast i assure you i see each and every one of you and i appreciate each and every one of you immensely i am jeff mance if you're just stumbling in uh you could you hear me weekday afternoons 4 to 6 p.m eastern on sirius xm fantasy sports radio you could find my work over at fantasyguru.com home of the 2021 fantasy baseball draft guide or offseason NFL content, player profiles for the NFL draft, NFL free agency, tracker, rankings, projections, all of that over at fantasyguru.com as well. Daily fantasy baseball, it's almost here, folks. Two weeks away from the launch of cash game breakdowns, daily core fours, projections, lineup optimizers, cheat sheets, live streams, chats, all of that great stuff. Early bird pricing available at elitefantasy.com. Go check that out. Of course, find me, EliteSportsBetting.com, where you're going to find our NCAA package, which we are going to talk a lot about today. So all your legalized sports betting needs, EliteSportsBetting.com. Follow me, Jeff Manns, on Twitter at Jeff underscore Manns. On the Twitter machine, the Jeff Manns on Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, and TikTok. And with me today, that's right, not just me droning on endlessly, I needed a college basketball guy for this, and who better to bring in than the one and only Ted Schuster. Ted, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to talking some NCAA, maybe a little NFL, a little bit of everything. Yeah. And for those those uh, DF, NF, MLB DFS people, if you want to slide into my DMs on Twitter, at Ted Schuster, maybe I'll give oh. you a, a, an extra discount. Holy shit. Really? All right. Well, there you fucking a Ted giving away the, uh, the farm right off the top of the podcast. Holy cow. All right. At Ted Schuster, all one word, everybody. There you go. Ted, uh, by the way, Ted is, yeah, Ted's can do this now. Ted's got like more muscle than me. He's, he, he's our official, uh, customer service liaison is what do you call yourself? What's the customer relations you're the, you're the head guy. You're in charge. Vice of president of customer relations. Ah, yeah. You're a big time guy now. You're a made man. You went through the whole swearing, swearing in ceremony. They had a sword. They dipped it in holy water and touched your face, maybe. Something like that. Is that how it went? Sure. That's, that's what you call it. <laughs> Whatever it was. Um, so, yeah, get in there, folks. Uh, it's fantasy baseball season. The daily fantasy season is going to be absolutely phenomenal. It always is. We're going to have a lot of fun on shows and in our chats and lineups and teach you how to win some big money over there on elitefantasy.com. All right, Ted. So today in episode 57, we are going to preview the NCAA tournament. Uh, we have our own staff league that we, uh, I just made, was made aware about a couple hours ago. So we'll have that. Uh, I've got two other pools that I'm doing thus far. How many brackets total would you say you're doing here in 2021? Um, officially two for sure, but we'll see. I, I haven't, I haven't done a good enough job of sorting them out, but uh, maybe more. So, so all right. Well, there we go. We'll, we'll we're gonna go through it, and we're going to uh, not just go through. We're not gonna like go every game, but we're gonna talk about the highlights, the teams that we like, the players that we like, 
uh, opportunities that we see on when you and I did the Tuesday show on Sirius XM, I kind of teased it and I recognized I didn't pay it off very well because we just run out of time. Fucking NFL has gotten out of control with their news. We will talk some of that, but I want to talk game theory a little bit with you about filling out a bracket because I feel, you know, you know, more college basketball than I do. And that's just no, it's an impossibility as much as I've been studying the last five days, I could never, overcome that so somebody who's like that we just want to fill out a bracket doesn't mean we can't win or you know pick our spots to win and that's something i definitely want to address over the address over the next uh, hour or so on this podcast so we'll get into that we'll break down our favorite upset cinderella teams and opportunities out there as well but tell you and i we're recording this podcast on uh, saint patrick's evening St. Patrick's Day night, if you will. Uh, this is this used to be our time. Like there was a period of time, a decade of Mans and Schuster running shit on St. Patrick's Day, where we'd be out at the bars or house partying it up or whatever. And here you and I are sitting old as fuck, decrepit, and recording a podcast instead. How pathetic are we? Uh, it's, it's, it's what getting old does to you, having kids and being married and all that fun stuff i haven't even had a drink yet this is we're pretty late into the evening not super late but late enough where yeah definitely wouldn't be uh this sober in the past i haven't had a drink since i did the thirsty trivia show on the pilar show like three wednesdays ago like and i probably want to i won't have anything like i i corned beef yesterday that's that's, that's there you go the my never party, had corned beef in my life really i thought you didn't i thought they used to make it when you were a kid no, my mom used to dye everything green. Uh, yes. So green mashed potatoes, green noodles, green meatloaf, which is disgusting <laughs> as it sounds. Uh, everything green, green beans, even though I didn't eat vegetables. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Never had corned beef. Really? Never had corned beef? I mean, it's, it's, it's fine. It's nothing big. Nobody's missing out. That's for damn sure. But uh, I grew up on it, you know, corned beef this time of year, shepherd's pie. Like my, my mom was first generation. My grandparents on both sides of my family, both immigrated from Ireland. So like I've got thick Irish blood running through. That's why I could handle my drink so well. But uh, I thought I was telling on the, the show this afternoon, on serious XM show. I told a couple stories from our, uh, our wild days, specifically on St. Patrick's Day. What do you remember from those days? Like, do you, what are some of your fondest memories from hanging out on uh, St. Patrick's Day? Well, nobody pours beer on anybody quite like me. Oh my God. I didn't even say that. Oh, fuck. Yes. I forgot about that aspect. Yes. Yeah, we, I, I will shower beer on anybody. Once, especially towards the end of the night, you're just going to, if you're hanging out with me, you can expect to be drenched in beer by the end of the night. Oh that's, just, that's just how it goes. I can't fucking believe that. I I totally forgot about that element. Like we used to go to different places. Like the best times were Riley's daughter. We used to go down south side of Chicago, uh, old stomping grounds down there. And that's where we would drink Guinness or remember Caffrey's? Yep. You remember that? That was yep. I always I like Caffrey's too, wasn't I mean, all that shit was so heavy. It's like drinking Pennzoil. Like it just sat in your stomach. It just, uh, it was just sat and festered. And yeah, I remember you pouring beer on all. We were drinking out of pitchers. We wouldn't even order glasses of beer. We had just a pitcher of everything. And it wasn't like we'd pour glasses. We just drank from the pitchers those days. 
Oh yeah, it was easier because you didn't have well, so it's a lot of times you didn't have a place to put anything because it's crowded bar. Which, yeah. you know, maybe you see that this COVID this year and for maybe COVID's kind of laxed a little bit where people are at right now. Of course, last year there was really no St. Patrick's Day celebrations, but yeah, back in the day there was just you just a bunch of hundreds of people standing around just next to each other. You didn't have a place. You couldn't afford to have a glass and a pitcher. You just hold the pitcher. Just get the glass. The memory I have now is you pouring on our friend Pete. I remember Pete getting furious, wanting to absolutely legit murder you. And, and for reference, Pete was what, like 6'6? Six, six? Like he's yes. a huge dude, like a massive guy that you just dumped beer. I don't think you could even reach his head. You probably poured it on his shoulder or back or something. Probably yeah. I just I just I don't know what I don't know what happened. I don't know. I just I start drinking and next thing you know, you start pouring it on one person and then and it's not the wisest thing to do to your friends either, especially when No. To be responsible we're a lot more responsible now, but the whole driving and stuff, I mean you don't want oh, even if you're a passenger in a terrible. car, you don't want to dump it on your buddy who's getting into a car, even if they're driving with a sober person. Because they just reek of beer. That's never good if you were to get pulled over. Oh, that was the uh, that was the story I told about that. We eventually, you know, we'd go to bars and different things. I, I talked about a house party I had um, back in high school. I'll, I'll revisit that for the podcast listeners. But um, the one, the, the most memorable St. Patrick's Day is when you and I actually got smart. Like we started recognizing, um, you know, the drunk driving element like early on, we used to have to, somebody would have to remain sober. Most of the time you actually were the guy who would be most responsible. You'd end up stop, you'd drink and then you'd stop drinking a few hours before. And then you'd end up driving us all home. That, that was kind of a thing for a long period of time. Correct. Cause I couldn't rely on anybody else to be responsible. So this is true. <laughs> like our <laughs> drunk friend, rich, like, yeah, yeah. I'll drive. Yeah. Never no, happened. No, Rich would be blackout and vomiting like every time, like not sometimes, every fucking time he would be. Um, so we we recognize it, but do you remember the year that we we rented a limo or uh, like whatever it was, a big car, van, whatever it was? We were being driven. We were like, all right, we're pooling everybody's money together. You know, we weren't uh, well off by any means. We pulled some money together. Said, all right, there's like ten of us. We're gonna take a car we drove down there and did shots on the way it was a blast and that st patrick's day is one of the coldest fucking st patty's day ever i don't even remember what year we're talking i mean probably 97 98 99 somewhere around there and uh and then the car never showed up you poured beer on everybody there's people puking and pissing themselves and everything else all these problems and the car never fucking shows up there was some kind of miscommunication, whatever happened. So we were stranded out there and we ended up walking down Riley's daughters, like an, at an L of a strip mall. We ended up going into a bank because one of us had an ATM card. He swiped a card. I call it, it was about the size of maybe four to six phone booths. If you stack them around, that's how big. And we slept in that, that uh, lobby. Do you remember that? Yeah, that was uh, cold. Yeah, I mean, I guess the day might have been around what it is right now. For those in the Chicagoland area, it's like 35 and raining tonight. But uh, yeah, it was uh, when you don't have yeah someplace warm to sit out and you're wet from beer. It's Schuster fucking pour beer all over your head. Like what a disaster. That that was one of the memories. Yeah. Uh, Boy, a lot of like swing, a lot of fights, a lot of. 
lot of that. Our buddy Rich was always the single one. You and I always had girlfriends and Rich would always be the single one. So he'd just be like, just, just on some, there's some whore somewhere, like every time he would be hooking up. <laughs> it's just like, and he'd never know where he was. He went home and we think about it. Like those days that was before cell phones and stuff. Like, I think we had pagers, but that was it. And we, we didn't know, like he was just gone. And imagine you're leaving, going you know, 50 miles back home and you don't know where your buddy is. If they're there, not there, you have no freaking idea. That was always uh, hellacious. You always wanted to check in the next day. Are you still alive? Okay, cool. Yeah, I don't know. We were so casual about that, not having cell phones too. I mean, I, I don't think people that, what, 35 and under understand that. But yeah, we we didn't have, you just, you didn't have an easy way of communicating. So things like that happened and the car doesn't show up or your buddy disappears. You're, you're just kind of like, I guess we kind of took it in stride didn't make a big deal about it, but probably should have because oh that's, yeah, that's not normal. No, I I remember being downtown. This isn't necessarily the same patty. I remember times where like I wasn't gonna drink, and that I was always good about drunk driving. Drunk driving's always been just a big no no to me. I don't know. I, I had a lot of my brothers and sisters with DUIs, and my old man got a DUI, so I, I think maybe learning from that helped. I remember so many times though closing bars and going to my car and just sleeping in the fucking car, like a, like a fucking monster, just, just terrible. You know I mean? Now you can actually get a DUI for doing that. I know a friend of mine got one um, guy I used to work with, got a DUI because he was in his car. He was asleep, but um, he had his keys on him. And technically they call that a DUI, which I think, eh, you know, whatever, but. Yeah, it's kind of, yeah, that's shitty. But speaking of losing people, remember we lost, it wasn't St. Patrick's Day, but losing six foot six Pete. Yes. Down Chicago. That was, that was your bachelor party? So, I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, that was where you vomited up the chew. Yeah. Yes. You remember that? It was at the Crowbar. That was Dennis Rod, Dennis Rodman's place. He was hanging out. It was like, what year was that? Like, oh, 2000? Uh, which are they going to get me? Yeah, about 2000, 2001. One, yeah. And uh, I, I had rented a room for your bachelor party, a special room. And we went somewhere. Oh, that's right. Tell them, tell them folks what I did. I, we went, we pre-gamed before we had a private room at the Crowbar, one of the biggest clubs in Chicago. But before that, we went to a bar, had a couple drinks, but then we had rented a van. Tell everybody what I did in a fucking van like an idiot. Well, after, I think we had golf, we golfed that day. Did we go to Arlington too? I don't know. We did so many things. And then yeah, went, I think we did go to Arlington. Went basically. to a bar. So this is, we started early and then went to, we're driving downtown. Well, my brother-in-law who chews tobacco had, had left a spit bottle in the car and Jeff thinking that it was um, water water turns out it was, it was chew his was, spit really, from his, his tobacco. Yeah. It was disgusting. Uh, vomited all over the side of the rental van that I rented. Of course. I mean, the next morning, it, <laughs> all the way down the side of a 15 passenger van um, and then vomiting at the crowbar in the vip room and then cover it up with a chair yes i covered it with a chair oh it was if you've ever i can still to this day every time this story comes up i will always remember that feeling because it, the first time i've ever like you, if you go and get a water bottle and you go and just chug like you're really thirsty you're gonna chug a bunch that's a, so you like your throat's open i took this and it just went it didn't even like hit my mouth or tongue it went right into my throat, like directly. And I felt the burn immediately. Like it just burned. And I'm like, I'm like, what that? I look at it and it was like, oh God, within 
five minutes, I was puking all over the side of the van as Ted's driving. And I'm the guy who rented all this. I was the point man. So I had to go up, you know, the guys get my credit card and all that. And I'm like, I remember handing my card while I'm puking. Just, uh, uh, it, the, the worst, the most intense vomiting ever. And I was out for like two or three hours. I was like passed out in the chair and all that. And then I rallied though, because I got up and it said like fucking Rocky Balboa against Apollo Creed. I got up. And I moved, <laughs> covered my puke with the chair, me and our buddy Cookie, and moved the chair over the puke. And I'm like, let's go, we're back. And then, then yeah, we ended up losing Pete that day too. He was asleep. Like we had to leave Chicago yeah. without him. We had no idea where he was. Yeah, I think he fell asleep at a window well or something. I don't even know what he did yes. doing that night. So yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Different days, different days. Yes. That, I mean, I. I don't know. I uh, look back fondly and everything, but at the same time, it's just like, I, I couldn't even imagine. Like, I could not imagine getting into those predicaments now at this point in our lives, but uh, drunk stories, always great on St. Patrick's day. We always went out. We always had fun. I told the story about my house party at senior year in high school. I was, uh, you know, I, I had the grift going. I, I had, I used to, buy alcohol for the entire school, like the entire school I would buy. I was the point man. And because I had a liquor store named the Dutch kitchen and they would, uh, I buddied up to the new owners. I had read that the place had had new owners and I pretended like I knew the guy it was an older couple. And I just ended up being the guy I would go in there like every third day. I had a regular schedule and I would pick up booze for our entire school. I made, thousands of dollars because you know i had my own prices like a back then a bottle of vodka i would say would charge them 50 bucks but everybody was loving to do it and i think it would cost me like 10 or maybe 12 bucks at that time you know and i was making 50 and i just i was thousands bought bought the fucking z24 with that money <laughs> so um and then i we but the problem i did at a house party there um, at my parents' house, which you you know, the upstairs area was just basically mine and my brother's. And I got, somebody had brought over Cuban cigars. And at that party, we had smoked our Cuban cigars and we were way too young and nobody had the tolerance for that. Everybody who smoked them started vomiting. Just vomit, 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 vomit. On the side of my house, it was covered like your van, like I did your van, the rental van, except on the side of the house, I and to the point that I had to open up garbage cans, put them out you know, from the second story. People were puking over the side into the garbage cans. Like that's how bad it was just absolute fucking chaos at this party. And uh, that was the St. Patty's Day. I had a couple of kegs there. We're doing shots and everything else, but we were in high school. <laughs> got fucking ripped. And uh, the next day, my parents were just uh, going to kick me out of the house. I had to repaint the entire side of the house. But before I had to do that, I had to scrape it all. I had to scrape the paint with the vomit, as you know, like it stuck on there like it's plaster. And I had to scrape every, and then it would fall. And then I had to go on the ground and pick it up with my bare fucking hands and put it in the garbage can to throw it away. Absolutely. Just one of those times the party was great, but it, it was the worst cleanup I've ever had to do. Yeah. The, the vomit cleanup vomit is one of the worst things in the world to do. It just, it's awful. There's no way to describe it. I don't think I could possibly do it again. Like I, at this age, I just don't think I could do it. 
But yeah, so those are uh, those are a couple of our <laughs> crazy drunken stories from our youth. There's a lot more where that came from, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Trust me. But we'll, we'll move on. Let's talk uh, before we get into our NCAA picks and Cinderella teams, all that. Ted, real quick about NFL free agency. We're not going to go over every move here, but of everything that's been done. Right. And, you know, when we're sitting here recording this on a Wednesday, so we still don't have Kenny Galladay or Juju Smith Schuster. None of these guys have signed, you know, Curtis Samuel went to the Washington potatoes. That's about it. Gerald Everett to the Seahawks. Um, basically like that's it. Patrick Peterson to the Vikings, which I actually like for Patrick Peterson, but Ted, what has stood out the most to you from uh, free agency thus far? Well, I mean, the Patriots have been extremely active. Um, and as we record this, I, there's a tweet that comes out that Kyle Van Noy is returning to the Patriots. It's funny how all these guys left yes. free for free agency, made some money and basically amounted to terrible, not terrible, but just nothing players. And now they're suddenly coming back. And of course, the, for the Patriots, they're getting it back at a discount uh, instead of having to pay them out like they wanted to be paid when they left. So the Patriots have been extremely active. I mean, a lot of under the radar, nothing big. They haven't. I mean, they did bring back Cam Newton, but they haven't really. They're just kind of building up the entire roster, it appears. Yeah, they are. I mean, they transformed their offense. Uh, Janu Smith, Hunter Henry, both there. From a fantasy standpoint here, Ted, what's the impact? Henry and Janu, do they just cancel each other out? Are you going to be interested in drafting these guys um, come September? Uh, I think they cancel each other out in a lot of ways. I one is going to need to go down with injury. I I find Hunter Henry overrated. Um, I, he wanted, everybody wanted to be Gates San Diego, San Diego slash LA, but he never was. Um, actually, I like Johnny Smith more, but they're a run first team, so I don't see them. It's just it's going to be inconsistent. They're, they're going to try and run the ball as much as they can, as long as it's possible, and play good defense. So you're not going to get a lot from the passing game. Yeah, and I don't think I think that's going to be the design. You know, bring him back. Cam Newton. We'll see who they end up drafting. I'm sure they'll draft somebody. They're they're not going to go. They're not interested in a Trevor Lawrence like that. You know, they're not going to get him. But they're they're not going to go for a Zach Wilson or any of these guys either. Like that's not the Patriots are building a run first power running offense. That's what this is going to be. And it's good to run with the quarterback. They're going to be option plays all over the place. They went out and got Kendrick Bourne, one of the, the, not one of the absolute best white blocking wide receiver in the national football league, go out and get him, you know, very in two tight ends like this, that's going to be the offense. And yeah, it's Henry and or John I'm sure will produce some decent, some big weeks, some decent weeks, because I think by the goal line, they're both going to be forces, but it's going to be so irregular and so random that, it, they will cancel each other out. I completely agree with you there. Overall, though, I'm going to be very interested to see the Patriots play football like it's 1946, man. They may, they may go wishbone here, Ted. That would surprise me, I guess. I mean, I, I, have, I guess one player I'm intrigued by is actually Damian Harris. I think he could be have a nice little year. I don't know how much running backs in general in that offense are going to catch the ball, but uh, I think Harris could have 1,500 rushing yards if he stays healthy. Yeah, he can. I mean, I don't, I don't know if he'll get enough volume for it because they'll, they'll run uh, Michelle, the, you know, there's talk about Fournette and or Carson. We'll see what ends up going there, but uh, they'll run a lot. 
And if one guy gets even the lion's share, even a 60% share, that's going to be a big number. That's going to be a great value. And it's definitely worth it in like a best ball setup uh, there. Now I went off about Andy Dalton and the bears getting him. It's a goddamn fucking catastrophe with the bears. Now I will say this since, since my rant that happened as the game, as that was happening, as the news spread about Andy Dalton, it, it came out that the Bears had offered three first-round picks to the Seattle Seahawks. Now, I don't believe it. three yeah. firsts, a third, and two starters. Well, it's, it's several reports. It's Dan Patrick. It's pro football talk. Um, and there's one other. Uh, uh, I don't fucking know. It's Biggs, I, one of the Bears writers. So I believe it. I absolutely believe it. I, I really do it. But here's the trick. They offered it to the Seahawks. The Seahawks aren't trading Russell Wilson. This makes sense. You know what I mean? Th- it makes sense. I don't – I kind of never felt – I've said this the whole time. I never felt Russell Wilson was really on the table. Did you or do you? Not really because I don't think he's – he's not in the Deshaun Watson territory. Now, Watson, I think, is going to be on the table, but not yet. Um, but it's – I think we got that's going to take some time before that becomes truly available. I don't think, yeah, I don't think, I mean, it would have taken something ridiculous uh, for them to get. And they, Bears, quote, sound like they offered a lot, but uh, I don't think he is truly available. I don't either. Well, that then there, therein lies my problem. I believe, because it's been, you know, vastly reported that they offered this deal to Seattle for Russell Wilson. My question is, why in the motherfuck aren't you? offering that to Houston offer that to Houston for Watson. Same thing. There's no way Houston says no to that deal. It's just not happening. Not happening. Especially if you threw in a Dalton or a Foles, a guy who could, a bridge starter, they signed uh, Tyrod already. Houston's the deal. Watson's the guy to go get and make that offer. They have not made that offer to Houston. That's the problem. And you could offer it's like offering that deal to Kansas city for Patrick Mahomes. It's just not, it's not Madden. There's no algorithm inside. Nobody, you're not getting Patrick Mahomes from that. You're not getting Russell Wilson. These are off the table, but Watson's different. And that's where they should be attacking. That's where they should be going. Or the other side of this, go and get another quarterback, go and get your, go and get the, uh, uh, a draft pick. Fucking Miami will trade that draft pick. You know what I mean? If you want Zach Wilson or Jim or, uh, uh, you know, not Trevor Lawrence, but Justin Fields or Zach Wilson, or even if Trey Lance was your guy, if you did, let's just say, you know, if that was it, it, you offer this deal, you can go get your guy in the draft wherever you want. Like you can make it happen. So it's one thing to offer to Russell Wilson that you're never going to get. It's another thing to go out and get a, franchise quarterback or one of the franchise quarterbacks that they haven't seems like they all their offers are just shy of what the asking price is whether it's Carson Wentz or Deshaun Watson and then they make a big offer to the one guy's not available that that's what I call bullshit on it's just like I've said and I screamed on the show go and make it happen whatever it takes whatever has to happen make it happen but again it's like me saying I want to be president of the United States no you're not shut the fuck up you're not gonna be present what are you know go if you want to be if you want to go into politics or something be it 
and local whatever comptroller or some shit whatever it is do something that's actually attainable and then put all your all your spirit behind it but i just don't believe the bears are aligned that way i think they're all like it's all just bullshit and it's infuriating to me <laughs> well I, you heard the rumor today too that that they were supposedly looking at Gardner Minshew right Oh wow! I heard that. I, I uh, <laughs> no, I have. I on the SiriusXM show, which you weren't on today. Ray was on there, but Ray heard me. If if that happens, if it's Gardner Minshew and Dalton, if that's who they go into the season with, I will denounce my Bear fandom. That, that's it. It's it. It's over. I'm Arizona Cardinal. That that's it. It'll be over. I I could not. I can't. Nope. Mm-mm. Gene Shorts, Uncle Rico. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> like legitimately, like it's over for me if that happens. It's- well, side note too on the whole Watson thing, like the smear story that came out about Watson and the yeah. <laughs> I mean the Houston I mean, Easterby and his little crony, they are something else. I mean, guys, it is nuts, man. It is crazy the depths that this stuff is going to, and and it's just amazing that just suddenly that's leaked and blah, blah, blah. It's like, come on, it's, are we really serious with all this? But it's just getting, that sad thing. It's just going to get worse and worse in Houston. They came out asking for like a hundred thousand dollars for him, for the story not to come out. And he, and Watson's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And, and then the story comes out. Yeah. It's, it's a smear campaign. hundred percent. Jack Easterby is a dangerous person. It's a, he is a very dangerous person and you have let a incredibly dangerous human being into your franchise and he's completely dissolved it. I, I, I can't, I, nobody's paying attention except for me because I'm just an addict, but go look at the acquisitions. Ted, I'm going to name some names. You tell me who you've heard of. Tavir Thomas. No. Tay Davis. No. Uh, uh, Pharaoh Brown. You've heard of him. I've heard of him, but he's not any good. Yes. Uh, Terrence Mitchell. Uh, Name sounds familiar, but he's a a terrible corner. Uh, These are players that have been acquired this week by the Houston Texans. Chris Moore. I only know that because of Sandra, the producer from the XM show. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you guys. I mean, they're they're literally. This is a bottoming out of epic proportions epic and this organization where nobody really wants to be a part of and if they do they have to overpay and only people they get interviews with right now are players that basically would be out of the nfl if not for them this will be the worst team in the national football league in 2021 it will not be close and then they're going to have to hope that you know easterby and his cronies don't do something else casario they're going to have to hope that the media and people don't infiltrate their deep dark secrets and they could hold on for another year or two when they get all these terrible these high draft picks because that's the only way out like just fall into a a situation where you get like a like a trevor lawrence or somebody like that that's that's your only hope if you're houston and i it's not going to happen because people are onto them already that's why watson's leaving well yeah yeah being lied to and all that other stuff yeah he just he he knows to get out and I know everybody's like, oh, the coach wants him there, blah, blah, blah. And it's just not going to happen. I mean, he's going to be gone. It's only a matter of time. It'd be interesting to see where he ends up, but uh, it's just not going to, it's not going to last. He's never going to play another down for Houston. I uh, completely agree. So that, that is happening. By the way, who would be, 
Who? I have no idea who the big quarterback will be next year coming out. Do you know? At the Not USC, this. there's Kendon, Kendall Slavis or whatever I've heard of. Um, I legitimately don't know who the next big quarterback is. I mean, he's, I mean, he's not bad that USC can just, uh, yeah. but I just don't see, I mean, there's not, nobody's there's nothing up yet. There'll be yeah, a guy because I mean, there always is, but there could always be a guy, but there's really nothing that kind of says, yeah, I got to have that guy. Um, yeah. There's no Trevor Lawrence. Everybody's coming out this year, like, you know, Fields and even Mac Jones. Everybody's coming out this year, Trey Lance, like, that's, I don't know. Good luck next year, folks, 2022. Somebody will pop up and have a great college season, but there's I no. I do wonder, watching blood. a lot of college football, what some of the thinking is sometimes of some of these guys. I don't know. I watch guys come out of going to be, I mean, leaving school, unless school is just not your thing, which is fine, but you're not going to be, um, if you're fourth or fifth round pick, you're really making a mistake staying out early. Yeah. Unless it's, everybody's got different family situations, but it depends on the coaching staff and et cetera. But I just feel like some kids are just jumping and like some kids don't even get drafted. It's like, why are you leaving? I mean, maybe you just want to get on with your life. That's fine. But uh, I see a lot of players that think they have a business turning pro and they don't. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. Uh, you know, like you said, some people aren't school people. They don't do well. They need to make some kind of money or whatever, but yeah, it's, it, play I mean, you the only way if you're going to be a fourth or fifth round it's by the quarterback position specifically if you're going to be a later round guy don't even bother the only thing you can do is get better tape have a better season put something on there to move you up in the draft and you can make a lot more money otherwise you're just like you do not want i mean there just aren't guys like i thought brett ripon a few years ago i still stand by it um, even when he started for the Broncos a couple games last year, like this gets pretty freaking good. But once you get seen, it's all about perception. Once you're seen as the undrafted guy, it takes a fucking miracle for you to get your chance and to stay on a roster and everything else. Like what Tom Brady did will never happen again. Like I can't see it. Even Dak Prescott, it's so lucky. Backup gets hurt before Romo get before training camp. Romo gets uh, hurt in this in the last game of training camp. Like that, it's that was a fourth rounder. We all knew Dak Prescott. You know what I mean? Like it's just the way college football is now, and the way everybody's a quarterback now. Chris Sims, Chris Sims loves Kellen Mund, and now he's like that's a thing now. Right. Like it's because Chris Sims is some quarterback expert uh, somehow, like all, all, all out of nowhere. And every, you know, it was Gruden before that. And you see where that's working. You know, I just. Well, the next big thing is going to be uh, Jordan Palmer because of what he did with uh, Allen. Yeah. He's going to yeah. be the next crazy. Anybody who works wow. with him is going to be. But even like, I mean, I'll say this like wow. Trey Lance has, Trey Lance has no business coming out of school right now because he's not anywhere near ready, but it hasn't really hurt us. He, played one preseason game or whatever for because they sat out the year but i mean he has no business being in the first round someone's gonna just waste a first round pick on him he's athletic but the dude is not anywhere even close to ready it's it's a mess you can't draft a quarterback that didn't play like that this is a pick that maybe would have made sense for the packers like how they drafted jordan love last year 
right? That would, okay, it's a project. You've got two to three years of runway here to develop a guy behind. Oh, that would make sense. Somebody who thinks Trey Lance is going to come in and either start day one, which is what a first-round pick normally would do, or start midway through year one, because that's what every first-round pick would be doing. Anybody who thinks that is out of their fucking mind out of their mind and again i think there's a lot there with trade line i think it's a good lump of clay it's a good skill set but that dude didn't play football last year didn't even play like didn't play come on man in north dakota state you know the competition there running that offense jesus christ i do think he he probably cost himself being number one overall next year though but i mean he's gonna be top 10 because somebody's stupid and gonna take that chance i mean he maybe makes sense for the patriots in the middle of the first round because they have a quarterback but uh, with, I mean, I would just look at the list. It's like Ke- Keaton Slovis is the USC guy, Sam Howell, North Carolina, North Carolina. Yeah. And then yeah, I see other people listing like, but guys like Bo Nix from Auburn, who's fucking awful. Oh. I mean, the, the rest of the names I see on top 10 lists are just terrible. But Lance would have been a guaranteed number one uh, if he would have stayed in school, but uh, yeah. there's not going to be much to choose from. Maybe uh, I don't know if that Clemson kid, the DJ kid, I think he was only a true freshman. So he might have to stay in school for two years. He might be eligible. Um, the oh, big kid. Yeah. But. Anybody, any quarterback at Clemson is going to get drafted and be because they're going to put up a ton of numbers. By the way, so uh, our guy Russell Clay over at fantasyguru.com, you know, he's all things college football, all things draft, everything else. He did a nice study on one year wonders, sort of the one year college wonders of recent you know, memory. Paxton Lynch, Ted, remember him? Uh, yeah. John Kaiser, Dwayne Haskins. Blake Bortles, Mitch Trubisky, does that ring a bell? Like, mm, Russ makes a pretty good point about guys who are one and done as far as starters in college football. That's not a good list. It's not. They do not work at the NFL level. But, uh, yeah, man, I'm itching for some college football and NFL draft talk. We'll get to that. Um, NFL free agency still ongoing. Remember fantasyguru.com. That's where you find that article by Russell Clay. And it's where all of our content is for the NFL draft for free agency, all the trades going down across the NFL as well. But, uh, it check that out. And like Ted said, he, Ted could get you discounts on everything. So at Ted Schuster hit slide in those DMS and Ted will get you the, the lowest price possible. Don't give shit away, Ted. Come on. I would, no, I, that, it won't be, that will be giving it away. But I have a very, very heavy prescription medication addiction that I, I just cannot afford. So I, I need something. So that's where all your money goes, folks. It all just goes right in pills for old Hefe. No, <laughs> unfortunately, they're like vitamin supplements. <laughs> yeah, iron <laughs> pills. Iron pills for my fucking anemia. That's right. Um, so check that out. Remember, obviously, we are sponsored by Stat Hero, stathero.com. Download the app today. We've got survivor pools going every single night for NHL, NBA. I cannot wait for their MLB survivor pools. There is uh, Beat the Machine over there as well. If you want to do their rivals, that's the sports book. All you have to do is beat the number, they'll tell you what number to beat. In any of the major sports, you go there and uh, beat the projection. It's really easy because the numbers are soft. Listen, they don't mind me saying that, you know. So uh, check that out. Stathero.com is the place to go for that. Um, all right, Ted, let's get uh, to the tournament here. NCAA tournament time. It's fun, man. Dude, 
you and I used to, how many I called in sick at least probably five times in my life when I used to work for the government, when I used to work for General Electric. Um, I called in sick a lot during these times, during those days. You and I with our buddies, Rich, Sean, Pete, everybody, we used to hang out and uh, just watch college basketball all freaking day long. Yeah, we'd start on Thursday. Of course, we're not starting on Friday this year, but Thursday, Friday, Saturday, yeah. Sunday, and just I, – I personally find the I, – I enjoy I enjoy it's the Saturday, Sunday, slash it's now Sunday, Monday this year. I enjoy yeah. those two days, but I think the first two days of the tournament are the best days of the tournament. Just nonstop games, hopefully. For the most part, you, you're going to find some action. It kind of sucks sometimes. It seems like the action either calls, comes all at once or it's kind of uh, – or doesn't happen on certain days, but – uh, just chilling, watching football or football, basketball. Well, we talk basketball. about football. Yeah. Watching basketball, watching the buzzer beaters, the upsets. That's it's two of the, my favorite days of the year. Yeah. Uh, mine too. I, I love it. Although I'll say this, I don't think we'll ever get what we used to have back. Like those, we used to sit there and it would all be on CBS and tons of games would be going and they'd be, they'd put up the mixed screen and then they'd be rotating games depending on time. Now everything is on like, fucking true tv tnt it's like where, what channel is it nobody knows the channels you have to do that where that's okay but I, I i agree i don't think i don't know if this year's gonna be different because it's a little more compact i don't know it just feels like the last five years or so it's been way too spread out you know and there's times that i'm like oh let's go out put on the games and there's like nothing going on so freaking cbs news or some shit and i'm like ah what the so I don't know. I don't yeah, know the last couple of years, there have been issues. I think that's why the Saturday Sunday combo the, the last two days, the first weekend were were an ideal because they they like have one game at noon and they jam them all in at the end or something instead of giving us more balanced schedule. They leave too much open space, in my opinion. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but so we had we had a lot of good times doing this. I mentioned this on this the Sirius XM show a little bit. Uh, I've never been like massive college basketball guy. I like certain teams, certain players. I'm always it's like the football side, like college football. I, I like college football. I love the scouting side of it. Identifying talent is just what it's my, my blood. That's what I do. It's what I want to do. So like every time we get into these contests and you and I have done brackets together, I think 25 years in a row, probably at this point, like I've always been in a bracket pool against you. And from my point of view, I always say, well, Ted's going to know way more about every single player and every single team than I am. It's not even going to be close, but how the fuck am I going to beat him? I got to figure out you know, an angle and it's not, you know, you or anybody else that really knows college basketball and follows this shit. I need to find where your mistakes are. That's the way I build my brackets in, in a lot of regard. And I think this year, this is um, Gonzaga is the team. Gonzaga is the target for me because I don't believe in them. I I watch them. I've watched this team. I've only seen them three times all year. And in two of those games, they were getting beat and getting beat pretty good by shit, by lousy garbage team. I play guys you'd find down at the fucking YMCA. And then they, then they storm back and destroy them in one half, but it just didn't, I feel like they haven't been challenged, you know, and they're going to be punched in the mouth 
at some point in this tournament. And I just am not sure. I don't know what they have in the tank. So this is a pretty ripe upset for me somewhere along the line. However, none of you people, like I said, you people are going to pick against Gonzaga. I, I have listened to a lot. I've read a lot. I've researched. Nobody's going to pick against Gonzaga in this tournament, at least up until once they get to the final four, fine, but getting to the final four, nobody's going to do that. Yeah. I mean, I, the problem with it is they've got one of the easiest draws I've ever seen, uh, especially to get to the elite eight. I've never, I mean, when you're, when you're dealing with, and there's, I mean, in fairness, their whole region, technically, I mean, I was a two seed. They beat them by double digits. They destroyed Kansas. They destroyed Virginia. Those are your three and four seats. Those two teams, Kansas and Virginia also have COVID issues. Yes. I, we don't even, we don't even know. I don't even know how to project them right now because I don't even know who's playing. And we have, uh, Virginia's not even in um, Indy yet. They're not going in until tomorrow, Thursday, I believe, Thursday, so the day yeah. before the game. Mm-hmm. And Kansas, I think McCormick, who's one of their best players, is out for this weekend. So that's a problem. Um, granted, they should probably, assuming he doesn't get COVID, get real sick. I don't know. Well, that's get- the thing is that he's out. And I look at it like, um, I look at it like, well, who's next? You know, it's like having the flu or anything else. It's, you know, I'm not comparing COVID to the flu. Control yourself, political nut jobs. <laughs> I'm, I'm saying it spreads fast. And it could go through a team very quick. These teams, you mentioned Virginia and Kansas, and, and uh, we just had Oklahoma, Devian Harmon out uh, with COVID as well. Now, Oklahoma somebody you have to worry about. I didn't have them beating Mizzou anyway. But, you know, now you look at these teams, it, it could impact guys – in two days on Friday and Saturday, it could impact guys going into the next round on uh, Sunday and Monday. So I don't like, I don't like it. Teams that are already dealing with COVID. I, I don't have any of them going very far. Ted. Well, and yeah, the teams that are right now are the ones in the same, of course, in the same bracket. Cause I, like, I don't know how, yeah. I mean, I just don't. Well, I just, can, I I offer, I, can I offer a reason? This is, this is another reason. I want to go undefeated. Thank you. Yep. It's the, I mean, again, I am just when, you know, other sports I'm on the inside, I, I know people and place. I, I know all this and, and I can form my own. I know, I see how the NFL, how major league baseball, how they push the public. I see the story that they feed to the GP general population. I see it. I wit. I know writers. I know people inside the organizations. I know people that say, yeah, yeah, we'll just tell them this. No big deal. Same fucking thing, obviously, in college sports or any other sport. Any, every sport does it. And college basketball. And I can tell by how often it's on everything. Will Gonzaga, undefeated, 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 undefeated. That's all you've heard for the last four days. Will they go undefeated? and you look at the teams and the matchups they have, that's exactly what they want. They, they can't wait until you get to the final four. So they could say, will somebody defeat? And that's why because Gonzaga has a terrible history in this tournament. Terrible. They constantly are knocked out. And again, they've had great success because they've recruited unbelievable, but for what 15 years now, Ted, I don't know when Gonzaga was the random school, but they went on a couple runs and they have then recruited their asses off in a conference that features no other talent. Nobody else recruits dog shit there. So I'm, and that's why they get bounced almost every fucking year. 
And this year, the NCAA with the undefeated season, first since when was the last one? Was it Duke? 74, I think Indiana. Indiana, that's right, Larry Bird. Oh, that's all they fucking want, man. So just so I had I had USC winning this bracket on Tuesday. I have completely changed that. Gonzaga's a final four team for me now because number one, NCAA wants it. Number two, this is soft as baby shit bracket. Number three, nobody, no people are picking against them. Now, if I'm in the, my son wants to do this ESPN, 300,000 people, you know, this ran something like that. You bet your sweet asshole. I'm picking uh, Gonzaga's going to get bounced maybe against Mizzou in the second round, Ted, but in a tournament like our, our uh, staff, nah, there's no reason. There's just, everyone's picking them in the final four. And if you want to upset, then do it there. There's no reason because it, you're not gaining that much on the competition because everybody, if you lost it, everybody's going to lose it. Yeah. I mean, the only team in that bracket and you're going to call me for homework to say that has a chance of beating them is Iowa. That, that, in my opinion, I don't, th- I'm concerned Iowa even makes it that far, but they've played earlier. Yes. Gonzaga won by 11, but Iowa also shot four for 22 from three point land. Uh, Jalen Suggs, who's a top three NBA draft prospect was seven for 10 from three point land. And he's like a 33% three point shooter. So that was kind of freaky. But I was you had because you have to be able to score, I think, to beat them. I Missouri wouldn't stun me if they I could see Missouri or well, Oklahoma if they're healthy hanging around. But the other teams like Virginia just can't score. That's they have no shot. Virginia won't beat Ohio, quite honestly. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me at all if they see them lose. Yeah, I, I've I haven't made the final decision, but that's one of the upsets I'm leaning towards just because. Yeah, I, well, I'll tell you straight out like. I'll, everybody pick Ohio over Virginia because you also have the with Jason Preston. Mom passed away. He's had to send his highlight reel and the story. Remember the fucking story. I mean, they got a ripe old boner for this kid. They just, they're swinging it in everybody's face. So Ohio's winning that game. Downright, and they're probably going to win a couple. I, I got them going two rounds uh, at this point because they that's what that's the narrative. They love these stories. And, you know, the stories will happen and, and used to happen back in the eighties and nineties themselves, Jimmy V and, you know, all this stuff used to just Bryce drew all this shit, but now they manufacture them. CBS and they, they make sure they're on top of everybody who's ever done anything. You know, they have all the stories and they will push it very hard. You never know. It's not guaranteed, but. I don't see Ohio winning that game. So anyway, well, well, with when it comes to the one seeds too, I think the issue I have with why I can't have Gonzaga probably not losing any time early. And same with Baylor, honestly, is the four or five, the Virginia and Creighton in that in that bracket. Creighton's got all kinds of issues between. I mean, the players are not happy with the coach based on his slavery oh, yeah. or the the plantation yeah, comments. Dude. They had one game of the tournament after he came back from suspension and just got blown out. So that's a problem. There's some dissension there. And then you go to the, the other four or five, Purdue and Villanova, the Baylor side, it's Winthrop and North Texas. Villanova lost Gillespie, and he was by far their best player could control everything. Their backup point guard is out for the year too now. Uh, Winthrop, granted, they're a small school, but they've had, they've had some tournament experience. They only lost one game uh, this year. Like They have a very good shot at being Villanova. And then – Purdue, I just don't think is any good. I've, I mean, they're a Big Ten team, but I think the lower tier Big Ten teams are going to disappoint in this tournament uh, because they've got 
Williams down in the middle, but he's always in foul problems and they can't shoot to save their life. So they can't shoot the three ball. I think North Texas has a very good shot at beating them too. North Texas. Oh, interesting. Um, I, I have North Carolina beaten Baylor in the second round. I think they're a hot team. They finally found out their identity. They're big. You know, I, I, you know, I don't like to rely on the three ball. I just don't, I just, you could run cold at any point. Could be the first round, could be the championship game. You know, chances are you're going to run cold. And even though you're a great shooting team, all it takes one cold effort, you get behind and then you're shooting for your life. And I, I, you mentioned all the problems of Baylor. I think North Carolina beats them. I think they're hot. They figured out who they are. Well-disciplined, well-coached. They're big, very athletic team as well that are just now coming into their own. They could defend the perimeter. They you know, shooting around those bigs can be tough. So it's I, funny. Cause I hear people talking up Wisconsin, I think because it's the big 10 thing, but I've watched Wisconsin. I mean, they're, wow, I haven't heard they're an experienced team, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, Garza kind of ate them alive in the three games they played this year. North Carolina has got like four, seven footers on that team. Uh, yeah. They're two big yes. guys really aren't, aren't capable they they foul a lot and they're just they, they're never on the floor at the same time i don't know how they're going to handle that size um i mean a lot of times with wisconsin too is i don't know they're called i don't know tough and gritty or whatever but they oh, grab and hold oh, yeah. all the time if, if they get an official that's calling that they're done two and six in their last eight i mean i know a big 10 was tough not discounting that but you got to win some of those games you just do i'm sorry in you know, Iowa waxed them over and over again. And, you know, tough teams will take one of those games. You, you have to take one. It's rivalry games, divisional games in sports. The more you see a team, you got you may be lesser, but that's where coaching and, you know, adapting matters. You got to grab one of those games. And Wisconsin has no heart. I, I don't see them. So, and I've heard nothing about them either. So that's interesting. So those, those, I do have that like Baylor. I'm willing to predict that upset because I, I pretty confident. I'm pretty confident. Gonzaga isn't going to win the championship, but I still got them now in the final four. I like USC a lot. You don't like USC. Let's stay in the West here. The Western bracket. You don't like USC very much, but Evan Mobley is a beast, you know, guy who very likely will come out in the NBA draft and be a lottery pick, maybe top five, as a matter of fact. I think he's just too much. And there's just you mentioned I don't think Kansas wins. I got Eastern Washington upsetting them. So I think their road is pretty easy up until they get your Hawkeyes in the uh uh sweet sixteen. Yeah, I mean I know you don't like teams that are super reliant on shooting, but the problem that I don't think USC is a good enough shooting team. Yeah, it's great to have the low post guy, but you need to be able to hit some shots on the outside. I don't think they have the scoring on the outside. I think it's possible they could definitely make the Sweet 16 get by because I Wichita State and Drake. I don't. I normally am leery of the first four teams that just get in because I think they they are very dangerous because they're playing a second game. Uh, but I don't see either one of those teams. Drake doesn't belong in the tournament. Uh, two of their best players got hurt halfway through the year and they haven't been the same team but usc should has a good shot of making especially without mccormick too for kansas they have a good shot of making the sweet 16 i uh, i agree i think they have you could ride the back of a guy like mobley all the way to the final four possibly and he's a tough matchup against garza too uh in iowa another team that relies on garza and then a lot of outside shooting although i'll give iowa my study of iowa ted is that they don't turn the ball over at all which is very good that that's just those are the teams I like. I'm my secret. 
here are very basic teams that can shoot free throws like shoot fucking missing your free throws in college basketball fuck fit so many there's so many 50 percent free throw shooters in college basketball like that it's just the difference when you play close games and it's back and forth making those foul shots are everything being able to get to the line making your foul shots are great and uh, you want guard, don't turn the ball over. That's the other thing. And that's the thing that stood out to me about your Hawkeyes. They don't turn the ball over. They're very efficient on offense um, and, and don't give away possessions. And to me, that's the make of a team that could last quite a long time. Yeah, they don't, they, they lead the, I think they're one of the top teams in turnovers, at least amount of turnovers, they're number one in assists. So they've got the, they've got like a two, two to one assist to turnover ratio, which is almost ridiculous. But Moving the ball around. I do have concerns about them. I, the one team I don't want them to face early on is Oregon. That scares the crap out of me, but we'll see what happens. I have them against Oregon, but I do have them moving on. So let's stick with that Western uh, bracket here, Ted Schuster. Who do you have? Uh, who's your Elite Eight matchup? I do have Gonzaga and Iowa at this moment. Right. And then who goes to the Final Four? Unfortunately, Gonzaga. <laughs> Just too much. I'd be so happy to be wrong, though, i tell you that. Oh, I'm sure you would. I mean, you can't really choose your team there, especially you love a team. I have a favorite team in this tournament too. Maybe I'll choose them for a final four. Maybe I won't. We'll see. Uh, but nothing's as I'm not nearly as passionate about my team, my college basketball team as you are about your Hawkeyes. That's for sure. I also have Gonzaga going Gonzaga versus Iowa in that elite eight. And, uh, so I have the same thing in Gonzaga, the final four. Let's go to the Eastern bracket here um, directly below that, the West there, Ted. So Michigan's the number one seed here. We know they live, uh, yeah, Livers is out. This is a team that also got, you know, bounced relatively early in the big 10 tournament. I've uh, been dealing with injuries and just haven't looked the same. I think that was kind of, you know, they, they got the number one seed based on their body of work, but that body of work isn't what's going to be in Indianapolis on uh, Friday. Correct. Yeah. Livers is out. Um, they haven't played as well since their COVID pause, even though they didn't, none of them had COVID. They just got shut down by the university of Michigan for two weeks uh, through no fault of their own, just because that supposedly high, highly contagious variant was around or something. So they didn't get shut down. They haven't been the same team. Louvin livers is to me, their best player is a problem. They have a team, team that also exceeded expectations coming into the year. They, there wasn't these kind of expectations. Um, so you've got to get concerned. Maybe they kind of reality set in. Um, I am not a fan of Michigan going very far in this. I quite honestly have them losing to LSU in the sweet uh, going, going into the uh, second, round round. 30, yeah, second round. Yeah, I did too. Same exact setup. I mean, there's too much. I mean, Cam Thomas is amazing. A, a kid, big, I love big, big guards. Don't turn the ball over at the college level because they have so much advantage. Shoot your free throws. He's only, I believe Thomas is a freshman, right? I think so. Uh, but he, I mean, can't, he doesn't miss. He's 88% from the free throw line, gets the line, finishes at the rim. He's got a significant height advantage over a lot of these guards that he's going to go up against. This is LSU I'm talking about. I love him. I really love him. I think he, he's just, it's too advantageous. I think LSU knocks off Michigan as well. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, LSU doesn't play defense. So it's, I'd be careful if you do pick that upset. I will say don't have them go too far because um, 
one thing I'll say about Iowa is their defense improved throughout the year. LSU plays no zero D whatsoever, and teams that play zero D never make the Final Four. You could you could pull off you could outscore a team or two, but eventually it comes back to bite you. Very, very true. So uh, we have that same upset there. Um, the rest of the bracket, Ted, here in the East, do you have any other uh, sleepers for us? Any other upsets that you see in the first round or beyond? Uh, I Pretty standard. I guess one thing I have, Florida State uh, going to the Elite Eight, beating LSU. Um, and then I actually like BYU a bit to beat Texas. Um, Texas, <sighs> I've watched Texas quite a bit this year. Everyone loves that, Texas right now, by the way. Everybody loves Texas. It's that's fine because, I mean, they've got skills. I mean, there's no doubt. They have, I mean, they could make the Final Four and I wouldn't be shocked. Mm-hmm. What I watched with them is a lot of individual basketball. A lot of trying – I mean, they, they basically try and play five out and drive the basket. I don't know what the hell they do against the zone defense because that's what they do. They're not, they're not tremendously gifted shooters. They're a good defensive team, but I saw way too many trying just, especially late in the game from the, when the game's tight, I mean, it's just one-on-one basketball. Then that works in the NBA. It doesn't work as much in college. Uh, very true. I mean, no, cause nobody faces on defense. And again, we'll talk about Syracuse and their San Diego state matchup coming up uh, in, I don't know what bracket, the Illinois bracket, whatever one that was, I have no idea now that like, uh, they're not actually traveling in the stadiums for some reason, like that the actual destinations of the bracket are just totally off in my mind, but, um, everyone loves Texas. I have them beating Abilene Christian. I do have actually I have multiple brackets and I had Abilene Christian knocking off Texas there. I, I thought that was a pretty bold uh, uh, call there, but in my main bracket that I'm using for this show that uh, will be number one in all of mine. I had Texas advancing a couple rounds, beating BYU there as well. But I like this Florida State team too. This is one of those teams that uh, I, I don't know the, how they wait and what, what goes into the seeding of everything, but this is a team that is absolutely – packed with skilled players, but just couldn't get it done for whatever. They seem to get fucked over in big games. That's what I noticed when I went through their season, Florida State, that big games just seem to uh, – they seem to have a lead and just blow it. Yeah, right I mean, what? yeah, to an extent. I mean, they are – they're a very deep team. They play like 10, 11 guys. Yes. Several NBA guys. I mean, their Pat Williams was – a fourth round pick first fourth overall pick for the bear the bulls this year and he didn't even start yeah. uh for them last year so I, I i do wonder whether they play too many guys at times but a tournament like this it's a grind i think it's going to help them uh, especially because they're not over reliant on just one guy they have several guys that can produce um they do they are inconsistent so uh, i mean an early exit isn't out of the possibility but they're one they're one of the most if not the most talented team in the in the the tournament one through 10, basically. And that's why I like that. De- I like teams with depth too, specifically with good coaches and that know how to exploit matchups, you know, because in the regular season, college coaches seem to, you know, they always give their seniors or their older veteran players more playing time. And there's a lot of other you know, home versus away. There's a lot of that plays into it. a lot of fanfare plays into it in a tournament setting. This is a situation in which I think that uh, um, yeah, they will, they'll be able to generate advantages all over the court and do it throughout. And I, I have Florida State going all the way to the final four, Ted. 
I do as well. So. Oh <laughs> shit! No. Fuck! Oh, that sucks. We should have talked about this before. I I like Alabama a lot. Uh, they're the two seed here again. I don't think they're going to be challenged really until they get to Texas in the Elite Eight. But um, do you see UConn or Iona doing anything to Alabama? Um, no, UConn's probably undeceded. I mean, their best player was hurt for a bit. I think they'll be. UConn could give them a threat because they've got a, a book night. I think his name got hurt for a yeah. little bit in the year. They were bare, they were terrible for James a run there, but but I think Alabama prevails. Alabama's really good defensively too, but they trouble to have trouble scoring. And, and a side note with regards to any of these teams, uh, pay attention to some of the locations that these guys these teams are playing. Anybody playing at Lucas Oil Stadium, um, especially if they're a shooting team, be careful of them. Be, you could see some unders in those games too because. It's different playing in a giant, and they talk about it on the Final Four every year because they're usually in these massive arenas. The shooting backgrounds are completely different. It's just a different shooting element playing in the big open spaces than it is playing in like some of the places like Hinkle Fieldhouse, which is a regular basketball court, uh, Mackey Arena where teams are playing. You got to watch for some of that because some of the three-point shooters might not be as good because uh, they're not as familiar with the environment. It's interesting. I know the different place facilities, but I couldn't, decipher I, I didn't think about that i really didn't and I, you know i didn't uh that's not i didn't get that deep in it because i didn't know what the differences were you know and um that's fan you know shoot a lot of teams so many teams that that rely on the three-point shot it's crazy and those are teams i just I just I shy away from. Them. I'm just uh, like I'll say Baylor. Granted, the first games against Hartford, so they should have enough to dominate that. Mm-hmm. And maybe the second game they'll be a little more comfortable with it. But but Baylor is one of those teams playing Lucas Oil. So look for any location, especially if you're looking for the upsets. Like Purdue, it actually might not be terrible for them to play North Texas because they're playing in Lucas Oil. But it's just a different it's a different shooting environment. And these guys are usually good enough to overcome it for the most part. But there's always the percentages are always lower for playing a non-traditional basketball stadiums all right so let's go back real quick give everybody my my team in the west is gonzaga your team in the west is gonzaga who my i will say my dark horse team in the west is usc who's your dark horse team going back to that one let's dark give everybody horse, our, our official pick and then our dark horse team uh my dark horse i'm gonna go with us uh university of california santa barbara UCSB. Oh, I like that. Well, that's a 12 seed. I like them a lot. On one of my brackets, I had them going to the Elite Eight because I had Gonzalo knocking off or getting knocked off by Missouri. That's a team that I actually like. Jaquan McLaughlin, another is one of these big ass point guards that great ball handling, 80% free throw shooter, um, can get to the rim, likes attacking the rim as well. They've got, uh, what's it? Amandu Snow, what's his name? Big power forward that could dominate inside. I love the inside-outside game of UCSB too. Um, I didn't, I didn't have them in my big bracket go. I have them winning, beating Creighton, but I didn't have them going very far. So, all right, that's a good, good pull there. We both have Florida State as our official pick. That's pretty bold in and of itself with a four seed, I think. But who's your dark horse then in the East, Ted? Dark horse. For- um, LSU, because I think they beat Michigan. I absolutely positively hate you, because uh, that would have been mine. Uh, you know, I'll, another team that I think could give – I don't like any of the big upsets here. Like Abilene Christian is a team that I kind of had a little bit of uh, 
like for, but ultimately it, too many people on Texas, it didn't make a lot of sense to, to make that prediction. Right. But, um, Colorado, I suppose, uh, McKinley, Wright, a senior, great offensively, great defensively. One of those shutdown type guys, um, that like, so good players, veteran club. I think Colorado, maybe an underdog team in the East. Now, East is what, what is your least favorite bracket or least confident bracket? Cause to me, it's the East that, that to me is up for grabs completely. Um, I would say, honestly, the Midwest, I think there's a lot of really good teams there. I'm more scared of the Midwest than I am. Because I, like, to, to spoiler, I think I, Illinois probably makes the Final Four, but there's several teams along the way. They got a much, much tougher draw, in, for instance, than uh, Gonzaga. It's not really close. Yeah, they, they have a tough one. Let's go to the Midwest bracket here as well. Uh, University of Illinois has always been my favorite college basketball team. This started um, – Man, it started, I don't know, eight in the 80s. I remember the 89 team or 88 team with uh, Nick Anderson. And, uh, real good team. believe they made, yeah, they made the Final Four. Yeah, it's a weird thing. Like, Illinois made the Final Four, whatever it is, every 17 years. Like, on the nose. Like, there been in, they, yeah, they made the Final Four every 17 years. Uh, and then if they make it this year, it would be fucking crazy. Um but whatever it is, 15 years, whatever it is. Um, that's my favorite team. I think they're tough. This is a tough team. I, I think Illinois, to me, they're the number one overall seed. They had all they accomplished in that Big Ten. Big Ten is the best conference in, in basketball for sure by landslide. And to overcome that, the inside game, the, the guard plays immaculate, the defense very, very good. And, you know, obviously uh, the big guy inside as well, that is just a fucking beast. Kofi Cockburn uh, can't say cock. Notice they never say cock. They say cog. It's weird. It's like, no, nah, it's cock, but okay. <laughs> uh, do you notice? Am I the only oh, yeah, one? They don't. Yeah. I, I, because I hate Illinois. I, I always say Cockburn because yeah. Yeah. I don't like Yoma. That dude, well, that dude's a beast, though. I mean, I, that dude's fucking a man, a, a, a slayer that just can't shoot free throws, unfortunately. People, Big Ten started learning that late because they're just following the ever-loving hell out of him, too. But that that's just, they're a tough team. That's going to be a tough one. But Loyola Chicago, you got the whole Sister Jean bullshit. You got uh, the whole. Please, for the love of fucking God, have them lose upset well do who do you want illinois or loyola because they're playing illinois. In the second round illinois because well, i don't i actually i think georgia tech beats Loyola, but uh i don't want to hear about fucking sister jean i fuck fuck that i don't give a fuck about <laughs> her i really don't it's the most overplayed stupid story ever oh uh, didn't she she like said something i heard a news item today about it i, I don't know what's going on but she talks shit to Georgia Tech or something. I don't know. It's the weirdest thing ever. Um, all right. So I am loyal. I think they'll beat Georgia Tech. I really do. Um, but what else do you see in this conference? What other teams do you look out for? I mean, is, is Houston? I don't know. I, I, I got nothing on Houston. I, I get their body of work. Great record. Great regular season. I don't, I don't see it. Like, I just don't see it. Caleb Mills is good don't not great. Like I, I just don't, I don't see anything with Houston. I don't see them as a threat. I, this is my least favorite two seed in the whole tournament. Well, the bottom half of their bracket sucks. For as tough, tough as Illinois, 
draw is with like the four, even like the eight, yes. nine, the four, five. The bottom sucks. Bottom sucks. Houston can't really score, but they play tremendous defense. So they're, they're going to win. I think Clemson and Rutgers both suck. I mean, I just, yes. neither one, neither Terrible. one of those teams, neither one of those teams can score. So a perfect matchup for Houston. So they're going to roll that. They're going to roll the sweet 16 without much of a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Syracuse takes out San Diego state. West Virginia is fine, but they kind of, they slumped at the now, end. Really? They should be the, they should be the four seed and Oklahoma state should be the three seed. Well, here's something. Let me go back to that Syracuse. Cause I have Syracuse beating San Diego state as well now that you talked about zone defense on college basketball and it's a big deal the two three jim Beheim fucking zone that you know gets overblown it, but san diego state hasn't faced a single unless i miss uh interpreted haven't faced his own team all season don't have any experience against it for whatever reason ted this seems to confound teams it does and you need to be uh, one of the things I mean, it's tough the, the you have to either kind of attack the baseline on it or be able to shoot deeper threes. Um, that's yeah. the two, that's two ways to attack that they're, they're three, two zone defense. And, but they got bigs though. They got height. That's I, I believe at the top that can alter those long or alter. Yeah, the they're always they long. have to take longer. Yeah. 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 yeah cause you always got to take, you're, you're taking threes for five feet behind the three point line. Yeah. So it's not, it's not normal. I mean, even in the Bayheim's kids actually been red hot shooting the three. So that's helped them. But I, yeah, San Diego state's an interior scoring team, but you, are you going to be trust yourself? It's tough to get the ball inside on them at times. And you've got to be able, I think I said, I think you've got to stretch the defense a little by shooting deeper threes and have a guy who can do that. They San Diego state, it's whether they don't have it's a shooter. So I, I have a hard time seeing them beat in Syracuse. I uh, I do too, but that brings one of the most intriguing West Virginia, right? Bob Huggins and you know they're they've got my favorite my official favorite nickname of the entire tournament, Deuce McBride. Um, I'm going to be rooting for him. Obviously, he's their point guard at West Virginia. Uh, West Virginia, can they break this zone? They're not. They're never a great shooter. They're a physical team, I and mean, they can break it down, maybe, and get inside. I'm, I'm not convinced. I think I have them winning. So I'm not a big, I don't think Syracuse is that good. They're not good at all. It's all good. But I think they get by. Like, I, I hate it because I kind of went chalky, except for San Diego State in this bottom quadrant. I don't like it. Uh, I did too. Uh, well, I have Houston, like you said, versus West Virginia. And I have West Virginia going to the Elite Eight. I think I took Houston for now, but I'm really up in the air. I haven't made that final decision on my final bracket what to do with that. All right, and then then it's the most exciting player in college basketball, the one every another one that everybody's rooting for. Guys, don't pick Liberty over Oklahoma State. I heard people. I, I get it, Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. No, they've Kate Cunningham is there's a love affair. He's going to be the number one draft pick in the NBA this year, isn't he, Ted? Uh, it seems that way at this point. I mean, Mobley's up there too, but yeah, he's probably the guy based on his performance the last five or six games. Again, uh, this he Cade plays point guard, right? Because I know they alter him. I know they move him all around. But a guy six eight, that kind of ball skills, fuck man, that's a tough matchup for any school, and it, it's going to be real tough for Liberty. It's going to be tough for Tennessee, Oregon State, whoever you like in that one. It's going to be tough for Illinois. Come Sweet Sixteen. It is. I mean, I will say if Cunningham has an off game, they're probably in trouble. But. Yeah. Uh, and he's been fantastic down the stretch, so we'll see. But I do, I do think that's that's one problem is they become a little too reliant on him. So if he's not on, 
but I do have them in the Elite Eight versus Illinois. But um, it's one of those things that they could falter. And uh, another thing, like Oregon State's in that little bracket. And mm-hmm. I hear Oregon State and Georgetown are like the 12 seats everybody wants to fall in love with because they yeah. won their tournaments. I, I have no interest in them when either one of them win in a game. So no, no way Georgetown wins, beats Colorado. There, there's no way. I heard that too. No, it's not happening. Just not. It was a yeah, yeah. shitty conference, shitty opponents, got hot, not interested. Just plain simple and not hot. Uh, not not going to happen. But then, I mean, so you have Oklahoma State, Illinois, in the Sweet 16. I do as well. I got I got the top four seeds, one, two, three, four, in the Sweet. And it sucks, but that's the way I have. So who makes the Elite Eight? Who, do you have Oklahoma did, State beating Illinois? Uh, I have Illinois versus Houston. I got Illinois versus West Virginia. So uh, then who's your team? Who comes out of that? Uh, the Illinois. I did too. Uh-huh. I, I did lose, too. but. <laughs> they are, well, I don't know how you can root against this team. I mean, this is a real good team. Uh, Io DeSomo is very, very good. They got a lot of hair on that team. It's in Curbelo and DeSomo. <laughs> you got they hair lose. everywhere. I, I think they make the Final Four. If they lose, it's going to be because they turn the ball over 20 times in a game against somebody. Because they get, and we've talked about this often, they get very sloppy with the ball at times. And if they do that against the wrong team, in a wrong situation, it could really bite them in the rear end. This is like watching Illinois basketball is like watching a toddler who just had a can of Red Bull. And it just, there's just like a pin bar. It won't stop. And like Ted said, it could turn over to a turnover fest. It really could. And Curbelo is a guy everybody's loving right now, but that dude loses the dribble more. Uh, more than you you want to see you know and uh worries me and the sonmo shot is just ira- i don't know something about it just something about it. i know he shot a better three-point shooter but yeah he's he's better than he used to be that's the thing he's a lot better but he's still got he's still not great shooter yeah, I, I like Cockburn a lot. That dude is an absolute beast, but I think yeah, it's tough. They're just a tough matchup because they bring that guard play. They bring the inside game as well. Very few teams in college basketball can match up with the Illini at, at this stage. It's been, You have to outshoot. You're going to have to just out three ball them if you're really going to uh, to win, and they defend the perimeter pretty well also. So I have Illinois in the final four also. Um, who is your dark horse? Do you have a dark horse in the Midwest bracket, Ted? Um, no, I really don't. <laughs> I mean, Nobody. Uh, I think, well. You have to say, give us somebody. I'll go Georgia Tech. I know you think I will wipe them, but Ooh. Georgia Tech's a, it's a veteran team. Um, they did they did beat Florida state in the tournament by turning them over like 25 bazillion times. Mm-hmm. So maybe they could do that to Illinois. I don't think it happens, but it's possible. All right. Georgia tech for you. Um, shit. I guess Oregon state, I think Oregon state defeats Tennessee. I was not impressed with Tennessee whatsoever. Um, here, Ted. So I think Oregon state, I guess would be my dark horse. Right, I mean, just a, a team that could get hot and shoot the ever-loving hell out of the, the ball. I, I, that's all I got. I mean, I really do. Um, good game against Colorado. You know, shot almost fifty percent from the three-point line. Uh, that would be my dark horse. But like you, I have the top four seeds advancing, so I'm not confident in that pick. Nope. 
All right, one bracket left to go. I know we're getting low on time. It's the South. Um, this one's pretty wide open too. I like several of the teams I mentioned. I'm just not a Baylor guy. Something since they had that delay hasn't seemed right. There, there's inner turmoil between the players and the coach, and that just it just doesn't feel good. It, I just don't think Baylor's going to do much. I think North Carolina, who's got very hot late in the season, is a very disciplined team. I think they're the ones to beat to Baylor in round two. I kind of feel like the committee almost knew it. I really just feel that. Maybe I'm just reading into it. But um, so I have North Carolina beating Baylor here, Ted. Um, you break down this bracket from your your point of view. Um, I have Baylor beating North Carolina. So I do think North Carolina beats. I guess this is where I get crazy with my upsets. I'm pretty chalky on the Ohio State, Florida, Arkansas, Texas Tech group. Uh, but Winthrop and North Texas beat the five in the four. So I oh. think, and you're going to see Winthrop in the Sweet 16. Winthrop, what do you like about Winthrop? I have them beating Villanova, of course. Villanova's a fucking tire fire, right? And don't tell my kid that, by the way. He loves Villanova, <laughs> but um, they're going to get beat down. There's no doubt about that. What do you like about Winthrop overall? Uh, they can they can shoot. They're a deep team too. They're going to play a lot of guys. Um, I, I I I don't I don't even know. I have to double check the line of the Villanova game, but I I probably I don't even. I don't think that game is they're going to have too much problem with Villanova really, but they got a tall, but another, you, another guy you'll like a six, seven point guard. Yes. So, and they got a bigger guy down low who's a, used to go to Tennessee uh, and Burns. So I, I think they just, they have some depth and they have a little swagger. They have some, ex, the coach has experience in the tournament. The university does. They've, they've kind of, they haven't made a deep run, but they've kind of put a lot of scares. I think this is the year they kind of get over the hump get over it I, I like it okay I, I dig that now i went through beating villanova then losing to purdue in round two you have them beaten purdue you're not a i have purdue actually going all the way to the lead eight here ted schuster and uh, you're the big 10 guy um i feel like purdue's a little underrated i think that's just a good draw for this team and uh, a good draw battle tested deep team got the bigs with the whatever seven foot nine inch fucking adonis guy that they have trevion williams is an absolute stud also so i, I kind of like purdue i like their matchups even against north carolina yeah, I mean Trevion Williams is, is a, he's almost as good as Garza, I would say. Probably better on the post, strictly in the post. He's probably one of the best, if not the best, in the Big Ten. But he fouls a lot too. So um, there's a seven foot four kid you mentioned. Um, but Williams' What's his name, oh, I forget his name. I don't know. Starts with an E. I can't. I'm drawing a blank myself. All right, I'll look. Uh, it but up. he's not. He's not that good. But he's very raw. He, give him a couple of years, he might be better. But Zach Edie. Yeah, Zach Edie. E-D-E-Y. They don't have good shooters, though. That's why I, I think they lose in the first round because I just don't think they can shoot the ball. You have them losing in the first round against North yeah. Texas. Jesus, Ted. 12 and 13 advance. So, again, I have to play against you in all this stuff. When you don't like Big Ten teams, it doesn't scare me at all. Because I feel that's your, where your bias is. I, I feel like you just hate certain teams like Illinois and Purdue. Like Maybe I just see their like weaknesses them. more. Maybe yeah. playing better teams. And I, got, I guess I got to remember that playing Big Ten teams. But I see, right. I yep. see weaknesses. Like Williams just always he's always he's always got two fouls and two stupid fouls. But the dude's an incredible player. But he gets the dumbest fouls for just. It's not even like you're going to block a shot and tough. I mean, he just like reaching for the ball like an idiot. I mean, the dude's massively talented and he's always in foul trouble. Uh, it's one of my hidden, um, one of my strategies every year too, is I love these sort of four through six seated 
teams that played in real tough conferences that don't play anybody from those conferences. I just feel, I love it. Whether it's the big East or the ACC, whatever conference just was so tough to get out of this year. It's obviously the big 10. I, that's all I have a sweet spot for them because you start matching them up against these other teams. You're like, Oh fuck, man. Oh, that's pretty easy ride that they get right there. Although I do not have Purdue going all the way to the final four, Ted. I do not. I have them losing in the elite eight to my final four team. And I think we have the same final four team as the problem. Arkansas. <laughs> yes. Ah, dude, how the fuck did we do that? All right. Well, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, we have to go with what we go with. Um, Arkansas, the final four. So you think they're going to beat Ohio state. Talk about Ohio state. It's another big 10 team here, Ted. Ohio state's energy that's kind of, um, played better than expected this year. They don't have, they lack a down force present, a down low presence, but they yes. don't really, I, the matchups don't actually are pretty much in their favor where they're not going to face a dominant download guy. So it's actually going to be, cause they got eaten up the second game against Garza and they got eaten up against Illinois and Cockburn. So they're actually going to avoid that, which is good. So I think they get to the sweet 16. Florida is an overrated team too. As, after they lost Johnson, the kid with the heart issue, they, the team is they're, they're lucky to be at the tournament. They're really not any good. So, so they're, Ohio, we have the same final four, the entire fucking same thing. Yeah. Holy shit. It's amazing. We disagree in a bunch and that that's fucking amazing that we have the same final four. All right. Well, I mean, I feel Arkansas. good. You should, you should be the one feeling bad. You should be aborting your bracket at this point because well, Arkansas has got the Nevada coach Musselman who had the, the Martin brothers and yep. you know, they're all like, they could stretch the floor. They could all drive. They could all yeah, score points. Um, and then match up with the Ohio State. I mean, that game is going to be up and down the court because Texas tech, I don't think can hang with Arkansas because of the scoring, but that Arkansas Ohio state game is going to be a track meet back and forth, back and forth. So I just think Arkansas has got, got a little more, um, I think Ohio State's played a little over their head this year. I uh, I think Arkansas, you mentioned, or uh, Ohio State, no download presence. I think that's an issue. Um, and spreading things out. I, I think Arkansas just more disciplined team too. I just really do believe that is uh, my Sweet 16 matchup though. So uh, with that, I guess we both have Arkansas. Who's your surprise team then in that? That seems to be one you have a lot of wild cards in, Ted. Well, Winthrop really is a surprise team. Oh, yeah. I have, okay. I have them in Sweet 16. Um, mine is Purdue, I guess. I you know They're a four seed. I guess that's not really – I guess North Carolina. Uh, I'll leave it to North Carolina. You know, teams that are running hot. You've got, you know, great coaching there as well. You've got uh, a, a, you know, tr- big-time front court, a lot of size. They seem to be a size whore here in, in this tournament, but I like a lot of these bigs. I like that when you can get the ball down low and just get inside and then get to the stripe and fucking and make your free throws. That's, that's a winning formula. So let me go with North Carolina. I think they they're going to defeat Baylor. And then if Purdue is as shitty as you say, maybe they do run all the way to the elite eight. We shall see. If that, I will I will guarantee North Carolina beats Purdue if they if they face each other because Williams is very good but there's just too much size and he's going to get in foul. That's a definitely he'll fall out of that game no problem because North Carolina has too much size for them. I don't want to have to change that. All right, maybe I'll change it. We'll see. We'll see what I do. Maybe I'll, I'll spread it up um, one of them in each because I think I have got North Carolina beating Baylor in both. So I took some chances in the uh, in that one. 
that that in Michigan, Baylor and Michigan are two that I think will uh, not survive. Two number one seeds. I don't think Gonzaga does either, but it's just not worth picking it. All right, guys, we've gone long on this one. I really do appreciate Ted Schuster hanging out dropping some college basketball knowledge on us right here. It's going to be fun one way or another, this uh, NCAA tournament. Be thankful that we actually have it. It's been two years since we filled out brackets. I'm pumped up about that. Who do you think wins the uh, our staff bracket challenge? Ted? Uh, me. <laughs> Look at this, motherfucker. Well, I don't think so because we have the same Final Four. So, oh, well, let's go to the final. Oh, who, who do you have winning it all? I'll say that. I'm going to say you have- Gonzaga. Gonzaga beating Illinois. I have Illinois beating Gonzaga. <laughs> so there we go. Hey, I'll take it. We'll go all the way to the end, and whichever, whoever wins that game wins it all. That sounds like a winning formula to me. I'm, I'm just happy I didn't embarrass myself talking college basketball for most part of an hour. Ted, are you impressed? I did my work. I did work. You did. Well done. Well done. Yeah. I think a month ago, I would not have been able to say, talk thir- three minutes on this topic, but. <laughs> I've been putting in the work and uh, I like it. I anything that there's money on the line, there's pride on the line. I'm going to put the work into, and uh, I'm going to have a lot of fun doing it. That is for sure. Remember folks, if you want to get in either elite sports betting or NCAA packages available now, elitefantasy.com for our, the upcoming daily fantasy baseball season, 162 games, core fours every single freaking day everybody cash game breakdowns every day cheat sheets optimizer lineup coaching sessions live streams podcasts gpp breakdowns tournament breakdowns um everything you need over there at elitefantasy.com and of course the draft guide for fantasy baseball fantasy guru or off-season nfl content of fantasy guru slide in into ted schuster's dms at ted schuster he will cut you the best deal possible and probably you know cost the, the company a ton of money but what can you do ted's in charge it's what happens when they give you power ted uh, that's what yeah exactly don't do it they haven't learned these guys robbing the these guys don't learn don't trust that that's it that's what I got to say. Um, all right, Ted Schuster, everybody. That's going to do it for episode 57 again, uh, season two, episode two, now in the bag. Appreciate you guys downloading. If you could tell a friend, spread the word. The more we generate in downloads and interest in this program, the more we can do unedited, unabridged backstories. You know, just be ourselves every single day. The more podcast episodes we could roll out, episode 57 in the books, you may disagree with anything and probably everything you heard in this episode, and that's perfectly all right. Why? Because it was one man's opinion. We'll see you next time, everybody. Deuces!